0: And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, we are back in studio for episode number 50. And by we, I mean me, Nick McVicker, joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two amazing co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, how are you doing today, my man?
1: We'll, we'll, we'll see uh, how my day goes based on this computer and if it holds up or not. Scratch already, so we'll see.
0: Well, we hope it holds up. <laughs> Irfan, how are you doing today, man? Yeah.
2: Good uh good week. Uh, we launched Touchline Thoughts. Uh, Nick was my guest on that, so we're expanding the garage door sports network, so let's keep doing that. That was fantastic. It's been a good first two episodes and i and I hope it continues with our guests.
0: yeah, and you got a nice list of guest possibilities, so it'll be uh, interesting to see who you have on every week. I'm excited absolutely well we got a lot to talk about. The sports world has been continuous over the last week or so. We're going to talk NHL Stanley Cup preview. We're going to talk about the wraps and what they need to do moving forward and their exit from this year. We're also going to talk the Giannis MVP, but I want to start in our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram, At Canada Kicking Academy. And in the kickoff segment, boys, I want to talk about the only Toronto team, you know, still playing. The Blue Jays. And my God, they've looked awful the last week or so. After having a good start to the season and a good middle part of the season, they are stumbling across the finish line. And yes, they've had a lot of injuries, so I will give them a bit of slack on that front but when you're putting a outfielder like Derek Fisher in the field and watching him make one two three four five errors you got to really question the lineup um Irfan what are your thoughts on that
2: um well they've looked atrocious the last four games or five games or something right they got manhandled by the Yanks uh, they struggled in the beginning against the Mets and then they lost last night um I believe I read something where the the bullpens era is like north of eight or close to eight or something in the last few three games so that that can't happen especially if you want to have aspirations to be a a playoff team or a wild card team where they currently sit i just I just don't think it's feasible to lose against teams and you know what they beat the Yankees a little While ago, but that was when the Yankees weren't healthy, and now you see them getting healthier, stronger, better. Uh, Their pitching looks much better than it was a few weeks back, and I think the Jays have a real problem on their hands if they want to have any sort of aspirations for a a playoff position. I I don't, I don't see it happening unless they they bear down on that bullpen needs to be better because we've got the hitters. You know, the Jays have good hitting, but if they don't get any pitching or their pitchers can't get through. The other team's rotation for the third time it's a little difficult to really win win a game when you've brought in uh new arms uh and and they can't go the third time around so a yeah, uh, few sure. things for the jays to work right so uh let's hope they turn it around I still have a hope they'll hit thirty wins like I predicted a few weeks back so I'm still fingers crossed that that happens but uh they needs to turn around the next two weeks and they're a little bit tough for them so we'll see
0: yeah and I mean they still do have a 92 percent chance to make the postseason because the teams behind them are also stumbling across the finish line the mariners have lost i think eight of their last nine games or something and the orioles are three and three and or sorry two and eight across their last 10 as well like the teams behind them aren't doing anything to instill confidence in their fan bases either but the jays just have awful kyle what about you
1: I, I haven't liked them really all year, to be honest. Um, they did have that great run where they just could – they just everything clicked for them, everything was right. And as, as Irfan was saying, their bullpen recently has been terrible, but their bullpen was the only thing keeping them in games during that mid-game stretch because a lot of the times their starters this whole season haven't gone more than four or five, maybe six innings at the max. Um I think the biggest thing is the Jays don't have that workhorse guy who can give them seven, eight innings and give the bullpen a break um, during a stretch. Um, You look at, like, you know, like a Shane Beaver or Zach Plisak for Cleveland. um, Both of them last two games both went seven-plus innings. So um, it's just one of those ones, especially even if you're playing a doubleheader. If you have a pitcher go seven innings and a doubleheader you don't have to bring in a closer, that – saves your bullpen for another day, gives them fresh arm, gives them just that extra step, gives your team more confidence that you know that when your starting pitcher goes out there, they're going to give your team a chance to win every game. And I don't know if the Jays feel like that right now based on how everything's going. And the bullpen's ERA is probably blown up because I'm pretty sure in the last three or four games, pitchers haven't gone more than, like, maybe four innings.
2: Yeah. Maybe.
1: And that's, in you know, you look at where, you know, Chase Anderson came in the other game, and he went three and two thirds, but gave up seven runs, and I'm pretty sure every single run was a home run. Um, just it's, it seems like you know the Jays are in contention, and then all of a sudden, one inning, and especially against the Yankees, pretty sure the Yankees have scored like five plus runs in an inning every game that they've played so far right now, and it's in a way that's almost embarrassing the fact that. You're an MLB team, but you're letting that happen. All, all the power to the Yankees because yeah, they're finally healthy. They can hit all that kind of stuff. But if you're supposed to be competing with them and you were ahead of them in the division race, that says something. It's, it says the, the 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 gap that there really is between two and three right now in that
2: division.
0: Yeah, and I think we we thought that at the beginning of the season, we thought it was going to be Tampa. Well, we actually thought it was going to be New York, and then Tampa. Tampa is obviously taking the advantage that New York has been hurt a lot of the season Mm -hmm. and then we said it was the next team and I think we all disagreed on who that third team was necessarily but it's been apparent this last week the first game against the Mets was a joke and then they ended up coming back and winning the next two games so good for them but all three games against the Yankees the starting pitching was the wasn't necessarily the problem I guess on Tuesday it was more Derek Fisher couldn't catch a ball and he cost Taiwan Walker a couple runs but the starting pitching wasn't good the other two games. I know technically game three they used an opener and um, Anderson came in in the second inning. But he's technically would be the starter, and he didn't look good. Like, he gave up, what, four home runs or something in the same inning, and then they brought in another guy who gave up another home run because they gave up five home runs in that fourth inning. Like, that's that's not acceptable for an MLB starter.
1: And I just don't and, and get. It. Like,
0: yeah, go ahead, Kyle.
1: I was gonna say you were you were saying that they have a ninety-two percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, I'm looking at their next games. They got two more against the Phillies, and then they have three against the Yankees. Yeah. Um, there's a chance that they lose those next five games. Yeah, Playless I I,
0: I could see it happening. I I hope not, but. Camp, or Baltimore, who's chasing them, plays Tampa for two more games. Then they have Boston, and then they play the Jays. Um, Who else? We got Detroit is also chasing them. Right? Detroit?
1: Yeah, and Seattle and the Angels, too, I guess. So.
0: Yeah. And where's Detroit's schedule? Hold on. Oh, can't
1: oh, Detroit's them. further back than Seattle and wherever the Angels are anyway.
0: Right, okay. But Detroit plays Cleveland twice, Minnesota twice, and then the Royals. So they got five games against the Royals to end their season. Um, Yeah. And then you said the Mariners, right? And the Mariners have been just struggling the last week and a half. Like, it's just ugly. But their schedule, if it will pull up because my computer's being slow all of a sudden.
1: They play San Diego, Houston, and Oakland.
0: Yeah. So three teams that are most likely going to be in playoffs, aren't they? So uh,
1: yeah, most likely.
0: Right, like as much See, as you honestly, want to say the Jays will struggle down the stretch, and they probably will because they do play the Yankees again, they're probably still gonna make the playoffs anyway.
1: Honestly, the Angels have the best one because they play Texas and San Diego, and then they play the Dodgers at the end of the year. But the Dodgers at the end of the year don't have anything to play for.
2: So. Yeah,
0: well, the the Padres won't either. Like, the Padres are like one or two games away from clinching, aren't they? Or did they already uh, clinch? Oh, oh they're,
2: they're still in the mix. Yeah. I don't think they've clinched yet.
1: But like, and yeah, so, so with, with Baltimore, they play Tampa, but then they also play Boston and Toronto, which are two. Like, realistically. The Boston, Boston should be game. wins, yes. Boston should be wins, and it, it'll probably come down to that Toronto series whether they make the playoffs or not.
0: I agree 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that that's the case. I'm just saying, like, if you're the Jays, like, you're looking at all these other teams' schedules, they all have losable games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Like, they're not—none of these teams are expected to go 8-0 and or 9-0 and or 7-0 and over the last little stretch. Here. Like, every team looks like they're going to lose a couple games. So all you need to realistically do is win, like, three. I think if they win three, they clinch.
2: Yeah, as a minimum, probably yeah.
0: Even two, they might be able to clinch, depending if it's in that Baltimore series.
1: The biggest, the biggest thing is, can they win those two? <laughs> I I agree. It's it's going to be interesting. Right and now, I, I would say no.
0: No, it's it's a serious question, and I think, I think we need to look at some of the coaching decisions that have been made to put players in. Because that Yankees game, the first one, was not out of hand until Derek Fisher started screwing up. Like Tywon Walker actually pitched really well in the first inning. He went three up three down. He would have got through the second inning only giving up one hit. If Fisher caught that first ball.
1: Like to be honest, I I think the fact that Billy McKinney's off the team, I'm so happy for, because I find him absolutely dog shit. Um, And then Derek Fisher, I never thought he should actually have a roster spot on a team. I think, I honestly thought Davis just gives him a better opportunity. He has more speed. He's a better overall outfielder. Davis is and the best be honest,
0: defensive outfielder that the Jays have, by far. To be honest, I
1: would have, I would have taken Alfred. I would have, too. I don't know why we gave up on Fisher Alford. sure as well. Why yes. did we
0: give up on Alford? Like,
1: well, because he was horrible. Um
0: But he was a good defensive outfielder, at least. He was yeah. fast. Yeah.
1: Like, <clears throat> If the two guys are
0: hitting the same like Fisher and Alford were, why would you give up on the guy with defensive potential?
1: Yeah, and and I I agree with that, but it's also the fact that everything you just said is exactly what Davis is. That's why they gave up on Alford. No,
0: and I get that. uh, But I'm saying if you were picking between Fisher and Alford, because that's what they were doing initially. They were picking between Fisher and Alford. If they're hitting the same, and one has more defensive ability on a team that – Let's be honest, we could use a player, like, we would rather have a defensive player in the ninth hole hitting than an offensive player because we have hitting all the way up and down the lineup for the most Mm -hmm. part, right? We really don't need another bat. We need defense. Why would you give up on the guy with defense? Like, that makes no sense. Sorry, Irfan, I've cut you off like three times.
2: That's okay. I'll tell you why. Uh, because Ross Atkins uh, and that whole GM staff there, they looked at Derek Fisher as somebody you could hit, who can run, who can do everything, and if they give up on him now, it's going to make them look dumb with that trade they made last season with Genie and Sanchez going the other way. That's the only reason why uh, they chose over a guy that came out of the system versus somebody they traded for, because um, they consider him to be super high on their rankings, but he's an absolute shit.
1: And Alford was an Anthopolis pick, wasn't he?
2: I probably I don't, but still he came out of our system right, so that's no difference.
1: But in in the in the way right, Shapiro and Atkins are looking at it like, hey, that's not that's not our guy. We didn't bring him in. Yeah, we'll go with our guy that we brought in by the trade.
0: I guess, but like I'm looking at it, Alfred's younger, Alfred's faster, Alfred's a better defensive player. He doesn't strike out as much as Fisher. To be
1: honest, it's true. I I I think Fisher's gone in the offseason anyways.
0: I think they have to let him go. After, after the atrocity that he's been in the defense this year, I, I can't see them bringing him back. But then again, it is, as Irfan said, it was a guy they brought in. Like They could realistically bring him back.
1: Well, I, I, th- I think in the offseason they have to address the outfield. I think that's the biggest thing. They have to address the, the defense in the outfield. And they have to, I think they have to bring in a guy like, like a George Springer type guy where he's a dependable center fielder. He can hit, he can run, he can do whatever you want. Um, and then I think you move Tay Oscar to that DH spot, and I think he'd be perfect. Obviously, you can move Tay Oscar in and out of the, the outfield. Yeah. He's, he has an arm. Sometimes he doesn't know where the hell the ball is. He's, he he's a arm.
0: feasible he, outfielder. He's not He's not yeah. a huge defensive liability like Fisher.
2: He's not afraid of the ball coming at him. That's yeah. the biggest key here. Yeah.
0: I had so to, I had I to think, phrase I my I words I properly of- to make sure Kyle thought I was right.
1: Well I know it is he's a utility outfielder. like you can use him in certain spots, but he's not a guy you want out there every day
0: no and I agree with that hundred anyway, um, percent and that's
1: why I, th- I think if you go out there one you need to go after a pitcher I need to, I think you need to show up that rotation and then two I think if you get that that corner not a corner but like the the corner piece I guess really is is more like the uh, what I'm trying to say um and you put him in like center field. Like to me, looking at the uh, at the free agents, I think I think George Springer is the guy you have to go after. Yeah. Even with all the controversy and stuff like that that's gone on with Houston, I think you add George Springer to the lineup that we currently have right now, and I think it just makes that team take a step above. It gives them leadership and championship pedigree.
0: First championship, right?
1: Yeah. All right. So it's just one of those things where I think that.
2: That would definitely bring one over the top, and then obviously, if you can sign one of the top pitchers, then that helps too. Agreed. At this point, don't make a trade because your core is so good. You're going to lose someone to bring in someone. It's the free agency, and I think I was on that right track of getting someone with championship pedigree that can, you know, be the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would love a guy like Trevor Bauer at the top of my rotation. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, at least his social media would be getting hits and, you know, he can... I just don't think he'll name.
0: come to Toronto. That's that's my scoff. No. Um, But, like, honestly, let's look at the lineup as is and heading into playoffs. Who Who is the ideal lineup right now for the Jays? Like, if we're talking catcher, I think we all agree that Danny Jansen is probably the number one, but Alejandro Kirk has looked good in the games that he's played. He's only made it into four games right now, but I would say he's looked very good behind the plate. Uh, thoughts on that, boys?
2: Uh, great. I think Jensen stays. Um, Kirk might be the guy that you bring in later in the innings when you know you're playing a back to back or something like that, and you, you need Jensen to get a break. and The Jays are playing well. Um, I don't think anyone, I don't think Kirk takes over nope. for Jensen just yet, but I, I think Kirk looks good. He looks, um, he's able to hit, man. He's a big boy, but he's able to hit, big he's boy. able to catch. Uh, He's able to catch, and I mean, I, I saw how he was commanding, trying to command that, that zone the other day, and it wasn't bad. It's just the Yankees are very good, so. <laughs> yeah. um, Jensen, number one. I don't. I don't think that changes.
1: Uh, Kyle, um, I think the the lineup they rolled out yesterday in the first game I think is their ideal one. Um, other than Kurt, I think. Uh, I think <clears throat> as you were saying, Nick, that. Um, the Jays are okay with having a defensive first guy hitting in the ninth spot, and I think that's what Jansen is. Yeah. Um, I think Jansen is the better defensive catcher, and I think when it comes to playoffs, that's kind of what is key over that. Um, you look at Perez for... Uh, I keep going back to the Indians, but this is good. Perez <laughs> for the Indians. Um, he isn't the best hitting catcher by any means, but he's solid defensively and holds his own. So... um I think that's that's probably ideal. I think. Um, yeah, just go around right the now. I, right now, I think it's Guerrero at first. Uh, VR at second, probably. Um, Bish, uh, Bichette at short. Uh, I hate it, but probably Travis Shaw at third. Um, Gurriel Allen left. Probably Griffith in center, Teoscar in and right, and then you have – or to me, you could switch Teoscar or Ambigio for right and DH, to be honest. Okay. Um, I I would I would love to see if somebody could slide over to third and get Shaw out of the lineup, but I don't think anybody can do that
0: right now. Well, Ambigio plays first.
1: But the biggest thing is, do you want him there defensively? That's the biggest thing.
0: Overshaw, so possibly. Sure well, but how many games has he played the third? Four. four, maybe? He's played so. four and he's made no errors. Yeah. I think Nigio yeah, just- is one of the best defensive players the Jays have across the board at any position. Cause he's so utility he's he's just used to being on his feet and ready for any any ball that mm-hmm. I think he's just good defensively all across the board. Fair. So I think putting him at third or Shaw at third is kind of like BGO, I feel I can just go anywhere in the lineup. Like it doesn't really matter. He can play first. He could play second. He could play short. He could play third. He gives whoever needs a DH day a DH day. Basically in the playoffs. Like that's what it comes
2: down to. I think. Mhm. Well, do you, do you guys prefer Joe Panic over God, Travis no. Shaw at any Yeah. So I mean, that's your that's your only other option if you want to slot Panic at second pull Biggio to third or put VR at third if you want it with his arm, but... Yeah, see the right other thing. Right now VR other could go Espinel. third
0: and Biggio could go two, right? like
2: Yeah, well, I mean, could you put, like Kyle's saying here, Espinol, could you push him over to a corner, like a hot corner and have him? I mean, does he have the arm for it?
0: I mean, if I was going to do know. that, what I would probably do is move um, VR to third and Espinol to second.
2: Mm.
0: Like, I don't think I would put Espinol at third. But... It'll be interesting to see how they actually field this roster uh, come playoff time. Because, again, as it as it stands today, they have a 92.8% chance to make the postseason. Yeah. It's, it's not confirmed, obviously, but 928 is a very, very high number. And the way the other teams are playing, there's a very realistic chance that the Jays make the playoffs. So we might get playoff baseball as Toronto fans. They'll end Ooh, up having one, to play one of the top two. two teams, which is probably, what, Tampa or Cleveland in the AL? Uh, well,
1: the top team gets its choice. I think it's what it was, no? I know, but it's two?
0: it's the top two, like because the Jays are probably going to finish 7th or 8th, is what I'm saying. So they're either going to have to play the top team, which right now it's Tampa, mm-hmm. or they're going to have to play the second place team, which actually right now is the Chicago White Sox. The Sox. By a game over at Oakland So I mean You're going to get either the Rays The White Sox, the Oakland Athletics Possibly the Twins or the Yankees Depending on how the last week or so goes or, Sorry it can't be the Yankees Because the Rays are probably Winning the division um, That's That doesn't really Sound favorable for the Jays anyway So we'll, we'll see
2: how that all plays out That's okay, postseason baseball That's what we want Postseason baseball
0: that's
1: what
2: we want. Who would
0: have thought at the beginning of 2020 that the Jays would be making the postseason, boys? I'm talking back in January when we thought it was a full year.
1: True. Uh, I
2: was going to say, when we, did the, when we did the previous season, I'm pretty, pretty sure we all said the Jays were going to come third, no? Yeah. Yeah, I well, think Well, so. with the new formatting, yeah, we said that I think they have a realistic shot at a... Yeah. At a playoff position. But, but I was not saying back we in January,
0: <laughs> back in January when there wasn't no. eight teams going to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, that was that was what wasn't that before the the Red Sox pulled off the Mookie Betts trade and all that jazz yeah. that we thought they yeah. like like so like at that point we're like ah they will finish fourth yeah, or they we'll should
0: be fourth. but yeah <laughs> but. comfortably fourth. Um All right, let's move on. That'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you were looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Dan and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. You can follow them at canadakickingacademy.com or on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. Let's move over to the NHL, and boys, we have our Stanley Cup Final set in stone. We know the two teams. We got the Dallas stars representing the West and we got the Tampa Bay lightning representing the East, a matchup of the high powered. Everyone expected them to do well team versus the well coached defensive stalwart. That is Dallas. How is this one going to play out? Kyle, I will start with you.
1: Um,
0: He sounds frustrated.
1: (laughs) Well, it's just because I think this is going to be a lot closer series than everybody thinks it's going to be. I think Tampa's got the high scoring and they've got everything going for them, but Dallas has, as as Justin says, they've got a beer league goalie in net who somehow gets it done no matter what it takes. Um, He flops like a fish, he throws his body at the puck, and it seems to work. Um, And... Honestly, that just seems to be clicking for, for Dallas. And then obviously Dallas' defense is, seems to be one of the best in the league. Um, and I think it's kind of a repeat of kind of what happened last year in the, in the Stanley Cup final. I think St. Louis was the better defensive team, and I think they won now for that reason. Um, and I think there's a chance that actually Dallas does pull this off. I think it goes six or seven games. Um, and in my opinion, I think it is Dallas who pulls it out.
2: Fair enough, Irfan. Your thoughts, man? It's the same sort of mindset. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Like I don't think Dallas is poor at any point of their game. They have a good defensive structure. They have a good coach in Rick Bonus, who shout out used to be a Senator coach, and so he That's was there during the, for him, eh? But he was there for the inauguration season, and he's one of the <laughs> most stand-up guys and most respected guys in the league. So, like, this is fantastic for him over at Dallas. They have pretty good forwards they have like grinders they have people that can score and if the big boys show up they're a very good team and you know Dolby Net does flail like a fish but you know what that's his style he's good at it he's a good serviceable backup but now he's like transitioning to a good 1B Sounds so good. so it's so much closer than we think and you know the lightning are built to be here right they're built to to go deep in playoffs they're built for they have a great goaltender in vast so they have a great uh, their defensive six, there, they're 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 able to get depth scoring. That new lineup of uh, Gujo, um, shoot, I just had their names and I'm blanking. But that third line that they created with Coleman uh, Goudreau and and uh, Yanni Gord uh, has been a revelation. Like they're able to play against the top lines, leaving Cooch and Point and everyone else to sort of play against the bottom of the other teams. Um, I think it's going to be closer than we think it is. I think it'll we'll go six or seven as well, but I, I'm going to go the opposite. I think Tampa is built for this. This is what they want to do. Um, so I'm going to say Tampa in, in, in six or seven.
0: Fair. Yeah, I think I I already did my preview with the 20 Minutes on Ice podcast. Go check out mine and Ryan's thoughts there. Um, but we went, <coughs> we went position group by position group and breaking down all the two possible matchups between either the Islanders or the Lightning making it in against the Stars. And like, if you look at this matchup, I think if we're going position group by position group, I would give the Lightning the win in every single group, just talent-wise. But the talent doesn't take into a coaching aspect. And Rick Bonus has come in and done a great job with this Dallas team, and they're very, very well coached. I thought this was going to be a close series. My prediction on the show was uh, Tampa in six. I just think they're too good. I think they will overpower in the end uh, when it comes to six games, and they'll end up winning. But they also play a weird style with seven defensemen, right? Like, that has to be put out there. They don't have the normal 12 forwards. They rotate a winger in on that fourth line when they need to. But you're right, Irfan. That third line with Gord and Coleman and Goudreau has looked really good this postseason. And getting point back healthy is a huge boost. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of move forward in this series and attack that very, very staunch defense of the Dallas Stars. If they can come out with firepower and get goals early, get goals often, this series doesn't go very far, I don't think. But if the Dallas Stars can stifle them for a period or two in game one and really, really frustrate them, they could get in their heads, and they, they, I could see the Stars winning. Again, I have Tampa in six, and I'm going to stick with my prediction from 20 minutes on ice. I'm going to run with that, and I'm going to hope that that is how it ends so that me and Ryan are even on points, and I win the battle for the punishment because that's the goal, really, at this point in that game. Uh, it will be a fun series, though, I think, and I think the coaching style of Dallas could really stifle this Tampa team.
1: Pull on, a Columbus. On, on his, yeah, I was going to say, as Irfan as just said, I think it's they might pull a Columbus, right? They might. Um, it's all going to come down to secondary scoring, is what it's going to come down to. And I think um, Dallas has been the underdog against, obviously, Colorado and then Vegas, you know, in order, right? Two teams that they essentially were going to say we're going to walk over Dallas. It was going to be a 4-1 series. It was, or whatever it may be, you know, they didn't really give Dallas a chance no matter what happened.
0: Business. Yeah, it depends on who you talk I to, but yeah.
1: But I don't think anybody had Dallas winning those series as easily no. as they did. No,
0: no, 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 no. You're right.
1: Right. Um, and I just think it was one of those ones where it's Tampa kind of has had the road where they beat the teams they were supposed to beat, and now it's going to come down to if they can finally get over that hump and and finish it off. Right? Yeah. They got over. They got over the hump. It, it's very much like Washington. Um five or six years back where they couldn't, they just couldn't get out of the first round. They just couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And then they decided they could actually do it. They got over that hump of the first round and they can, now they got over, over the hump of the second round and now they're in the finals, right? Can they complete their postseason? which would, I guess in their minds be like the ideal postseason because um, they haven't really struggled against any team. They've done everything they could. Tampa has had lots of secondary scoring with Palat and Gord and all that kind of stuff chipping in there. Can that continue? And in my opinion, this actually could come down to a goaltending battle, and that's weird to say with Kudobin as being one of those goaltenders.
0: No, but he's been so good in the postseason, you can't really say it's weird to say. Like, if it was just a regular season game out of the blue and we had Kudobin versus Vasilevsky, I think everyone picks Vas. But based off how they've played in the postseason, based on how their teams have kind of... I guess, rallied around their two goaltenders. It's not really a surprise to say that this could come down to a goaltending matchup. Like, that's how good the Dallas Stars have come around Kudobin after Ben Bishop got hurt.
2: Well, you look at the last four or five Stanley Cups, even earlier in the decade, you know, it, it's, it's a big goaltender that comes in and makes the massive save. Like, Jordan Bennington last year was stellar, right? That's that's what helped the Blues you know, eventually get to the next step. You know, you look at what Ho- Hopi was able to do, you know, after not playing the first two games of their run, right? And then Matt Murray and uh, Fleury and Tim Thomas, um, Crawford, like you look at these guys and it always comes down to goaltending no matter how good your your team is going forward. If your guy at the back end is someone you don't trust, you're not able to, to play a trap system, for example, because you know your goaltender can't do a certain part of his game, it's not going to work. And I think, If we're looking at this, it's closer than it is for sure. Um, And 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 one goal could be the decider, or like three goals could be the decider. That's that's sort of the range that we're sitting in right now with the quality. And I don't think either team, like if you compare it to last year's final, I don't think either team is heavy. They just have a way to play that works for them. Like the Blues are heavy. They played a really good, you know, body game. They were fast. They were good, right? But Dallas doesn't strike me as a team that's going to out hit you in a game, but they are going to piss you off because they're not going to give you chances. So, um, again, it's that toss up between, and and it's a fair comparison between Dobie or, or Vass.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think the big thing is, (laughs) all right. Wasn't ready for that. Um, (laughs) I was going to say, I think the big thing when it comes to the Dallas Stars is that if you look at their playoff run outside of maybe the Calgary series, every time they've lost, they've, they've given up a lot of goals or they've lost big. Like every loss is either three goals, like they've, they've given up at least three goals and they've either lost by three or two, like none of them have really been close games, but when they win, they're winning the close games. Like five, four games, uh, one, nothing, three, two, two, one, three, two. Like mm-hmm. every single win that they had in that Vegas series was a one goal win. Two of them were in overtime. Right. But all their losses mm-hmm. are by multiple goals. So I think if they can keep a game close, they have the advantage over the stars or the lightning because they're used to playing in those close games and winning them. Mm-hmm.
2: So. But it also talks about their mindset, right? Like you get blown out one game or you get outplayed one game and they're able to regroup and get back into it. So that. that- That's a true testament to that that coaching staff and that leadership in that locker room. So, you're right, man. If you can keep it close, you're 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 looking and leaning towards the stars. Whereas the bolts are, if they can run the score, then hey, the bolts are probably your pick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think, uh, like I've picked against the stars every series so far. So, like if you're a stars fan, be excited because I picked against them again. So that means they're probably going to win. Logically, right? Um,
1: you're, you're the Marty Mush of hockey, right?
0: Apparently I'm the Steve Dangle because me and him have the same idea. Every time we pick against them, they win.
1: Okay, so I'm putting all my money on Dallas. Okay, cool. Okay,
0: There you go. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's our preview. Let's see how this plays out. First game is tonight. Let's move on. In the NHL, big news story coming out. I guess it was more yesterday, but... Alex Pietrangelo and the St. Louis Blues have not agreed to an extension. And the team has basically told him, like, go test free agency. See what happens. Which, you know, in Toronto means that, oh, he's coming to Toronto. <laughs> right? Logically, that's what it means. It doesn't mean he's going anywhere else. He's coming to Toronto. Just like Stamkos was coming to Toronto. He's. It's. I. I can't see it happening because they would have to make a huge move in the cap realm. But like, mm-hmm. what is gonna happen in free agency with Alex Pietrangelo? Irfan, why don't you start us off?
2: Sure. Um. Well, it's sad that he's not gonna be a, a St. Louis Blue anymore. I think. Uh, they kind of shit the bed there by giving, uh, Justin Falk. Um an extension for that kind of money. I think that was the stupidest thing, especially when you know your captain's contract's up at the end of the year. Um, I, I, I don't like that. I thought that was disrespectful to a guy who's been a blue since he started and kind of been through that motion. You know, it's kind of like that Ovechkin thing where the blues weren't very good in the playoffs. They were struggling, and then they finally win, and they finally get the first win in franchise history, and then now you're telling me that your captain, you don't have money for your captain. I think that's ludicrous. I think it's a load of shit. Um, and in terms of the Leafs, uh, sorry boys, unless you guys can actually shed $10 million of salary, which you couldn't in the last two years, I don't think uh, Alex is coming to Toronto. So, uh, as much as you know, Toronto needs a bonafide 1-2 defenseman, um, I don't think that's happening. He's going to go to a team that can afford him or can trade for him and will be willing to trade for him. Uh, in ter- sorry, trade the other players to get him um, and sign him there, but... Man, I'm just disappointed uh, for that whole situation more so, and I think that's what I'll focus on. Is it sucks if you're if you're Alex and his family because that's a lot of crap.
0: Yep, Kyle.
1: Um, I think it's probably the worst possible uh, worst case scenario for the Leafs because they had a trade in place for getting Burakos, so that kind of ruins that. Um, it kind of takes that off the table because now there's no way in hell that San Luis is going to trade Pareko. No. Um, unless they're absolutely stupid. But we'll see what goes into that. Um, but I would like to welcome Alex Petrangelo to the Vegas Golden Knights because I think that's who's going to sign him. Um, Interesting. They have $15 million in cap space. They have the opportunity to sign him in that. And they're losing, um, I believe, Alec Martinez, I think, is who's the free agent on that team. Um, who would free up a spot for them? Uh, it's, um, it's
0: John Merrill and Derek Engeland are the free agents for this season. Okay. Martinez is next year. They only have six million cap space, by the way, or four million cap space right now.
1: Yeah. For this year. For
0: 2020, 2021. 20. Cap friendly's oh, already look. flipped over.
1: I was looking at the next year. Okay. That makes more sense. Yes. Um,
0: I knew what you were doing. That's why I was saying. No,
1: they, they they can find a way. They will. Uh, <laughs> they,
0: can, they can. find a way.
1: Um, because realistically, I think they're gonna going yeah, going to get rid of that flurry contract because I think they're gonna resign later. So, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: I I think also you can probably ship out that that stats new contract and sign him. But, um, yeah, going back to the Leafs, I, I, I as much as I would love them there, um. And I'm sure they could find a way. They'd be either I don't think they're going to have a problem, as much as people think they are. Because um, right now they do have the cap space to sign him right now. Because um, I don't think he's going to get 10. I, I don't think he's going to get that money. No. I think people are going to look at the P.K. Subban deal, and I think they're going to get scared. We well, also uh, said he yeah. would
0: take a reduced contract to come to Toronto. That, is, that has yeah. been floating around.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. I don't. I'm not, I'm not buying it, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think as much as I would love him here, and I think there is a possibility you could do that because chance. Um, I would still love them to go back to the Pareco deal and see if they can do that. Um, did you guys see what it was rumored by? Seven like point seven. What? Was- <laughs> what? Oh,
0: Pareco deal. I thought you said the Petrangelo deal that St. Louis offered him. My bad. Wasn't paying oh. attention.
1: Uh, no, it was it was Janssen, Lilgren and then the 15th overall pick for Corico. So, um, as a Leafs fan, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, because I, I hate Janssen. Uh, Why? I what did Janssen want... ever do to you? He's a bust for a $3.4 million contract. I, I agree,
0: the contract's too much.
1: Okay. Um, Lilgren could turn out to be good. It's still up in the air. He still hasn't developed as much as I thought. And realistically, that 15th overall pick we shouldn't have in the first place because there's no way in hell Kaplan should have been worth the first round pick. So, um, you're, you're playing with chump change there, basically. Yep. But, um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm interested to see where Petrangelo goes. I'm wondering if he will take a, a, a reduced rate to go to a contender. Um, that'd be interesting to me. Um, because I don't know how many contenders actually have
0: Good cap space. Mm. Well, I, I was gonna name one. Actually there's a couple, but uh, the one that I'm gonna name and yes, you're gonna say, Oh, your favoritism is showing. Uh Colorado has a lot of cap space. Yeah. Um they do have to sign a few forwards like Burakovsky's contract is up and um Tyson Yost's contract is up and Nikushkin, like they only have like nine forwards signed at the moment. And they only have four defense, so Ryan Graves is also up. But they have like 16 million in cap space right now. Or sorry, let me correct that. They have 22 million in cap space right now. Like realistically, they probably could get it done and sign all the players that they need to sign back. It's it's not out of the question. Um, Other teams with a lot of cap space that are we would consider cup contenders. um, Calgary's got 16 million in cap space. I don't really see them going to Calgary. Uh, Winnipeg has 15 I,
1: I could see him going to Calgary And going to Calgary purely based off Them losing TJ Brody, Brody This offseason I could see him going yeah. there and replacing yeah. him And being a better version of TJ Brody mm-hmm. so,
0: That's fair um, Dallas has 15 million right now um, Vancouver has 14 million
1: half, half that's going to Toffoli though
0: yeah. So Tyler Tafoli's mm-hmm. up. They also have and Zach Markstrom. McEwen, Vertanen, Mott, Levo,
2: yeah, Markstrom, Don't forget about their goaltender. There. Oh, yeah, Markstrom. The Mark. Mark so Trump's their A's gone. not. It won't work out in Vancouver for Petro. Yeah, Markstrom's
0: gone. I was just looking at cap space as is. I know all these teams need to sign players. The only one, the only team that doesn't really need to sign players right now with cap space is the Boston Bruins, and I don't think he's going there.
2: No. Because we can't even sign Tory Krug right now, so I mean...
0: Well, they have 14 million cap space, but...
2: Yeah, they have a bunch of RFAs that they need to sign.
0: Nordstrom and Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. And then Grizzly, Chara, and Krug.
2: Yeah, you got to make it... Di- well, the, the issue there is, who are we losing in the expansion draft? So they have to be... Yeah. They have to choose the contract. Yeah, Correct.
1: Honestly, when it comes to Petrangelo, watch out for Florida.
2: Yeah, Florida. Yeah.
1: I think Florida, there's a chance that they get rid of Strollman at... Five point five million dollars,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then there's a chance they obviously try and re-sign one of Daden or for Hoffman. So
0: yeah, I was I gonna think, say like yeah. they have a lot of contracts to sign up front.
1: Well, they've they've they twenty mil. They got a they they cap space. Um, I don't think they're gonna re-sign Daden To be honest, I think it's gonna be Hoffman that they're gonna re-sign. Yeah. Um, and then realistically, the other free agents they have aren't worth a whole lot of cash right now. No, I, I agree. Uh-huh. I'm just saying
0: they only have seven forwards signed at, or six forwards signed at the moment. Like they need yeah. they need to sign some forwards. It's sort of well, a necessity at this point.
1: Their their biggest problem is they're paying a goaltender who's ten million dollars who's not worth ten million dollars.
0: So. No, for the next six seasons.
1: Yeah,
0: it's a problem. All right, I think we've beat that into the ground. Um, but it, it will be interesting to see where Pietrangelo actually ends up um, in the upcoming season. Let's mm-hmm. move on to the Toronto Raptors. We've talked Jays. We've talked Leafs. It's time to talk Raptors. And Masai Ujiri had his availability this week. He was asked a very interesting question by Steve Simmons, and we're not going to get into that because that doesn't deserve airtime because it's Steve Simmons. Um, he handled it. Masai handled it very well. I'll give him full credit for that. Uh, but let's talk about the Raptors as a whole and how this playoff run sort of ended and ended not how a lot of fans would have liked, obviously losing in round two, but they got outplayed by a very good Boston team for much of that series. I know they pushed it to seven games, but I honestly thought it was over in five. They won two games to push it to seven, but it, it wasn't really close the rest of the series, if you ask me. Uh, Irfan, what did you think?
2: Uh, I thought they were super lucky to hit that shot in game three. I was actually sitting with my godparents when we watched it, and uh, we were sitting in a parking lot waiting for McDonald's order from my cousin, and all you hear is my godfather go, yeah, wee, 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 But I thought they were super lucky. that That was like, a very fluky chance um, to hit the shot, to get that pass out wide. Um, uh, you're right. I don't think the game, the series should have gone to seven. I think the Raptors needed more scoring. They struggled with spicy P getting some points. Um, like there's so much Kyle can do, or so much friend family can do or playoff norm can do. I think you needed that big difference maker that they were lacking. And it was spicy P unfortunately, but um He's still a heart guy. We still love him in Toronto. So, um, for those haters that were, you know, dropping some racist comments for spicy P or they were just like, just disturbing comments. Um, uh, take a hike. I don't think we need you in our fan base. I don't think the Raptors need you in their fan base. Um, don't worry. I, I, I expect them to be better next year. I think spicy P will learn about how to improve. Um, Siakam's a good player guys. Uh, but that series was up. I think you're right in game in four and five. I I think they were very lucky to get that shot away. And a couple games went to overtime. So it could have gone either way, I think. Um, So uh, a little bit of a drawing board, but I think the biggest thing for the Raptors right now is let's sign Masai Ujiri to that massive contract that he absolutely deserves because Masai, we trust. Um, It's just the way to go. If they can sign him, he knows his future and um, he'll make that effort to go and get the big players. Not that I'm saying that, if he's not signed by then, he won't make an effort to improve this team because he's not that type of guy, but hes um, I think he deserves every part of that contract. So uh, we stand for uh, Messiah Jury for his next contract over here.
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, Kyle?
1: Can you hear me? I just want to make sure.
0: Yeah, we can hear you.
1: Okay. Yeah, my computer almost just died. It sounded like it was about to blow up. So... Um, <laughs> Could he? Uh, I, I didn't hear what you guys said, but um, in my opinion, they got what they deserved. I don't think they deserve to win that series at all. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't play good enough. They didn't show up. Um, Pascal looked like he was a rookie again this year. Um, basically just forgot how to play basketball, which you can't have in the playoffs, um, especially with giving him a max contract. I, I am one of his doubters. Um Do I think he has the potential? 100%. Do I think he'll reach that potential? No, I don't think he will. Um, I I don't think he... He overthinks things a lot of the time. Um, He thinks he has to do that extra move or do the extra shimmy or take that unwarranted shot to try and bring his team back rather than just playing team basketball, which is what the Raptors do to make their team get back in there. Right. you'll you'll see him pull up for a three pointer where he has no reason to th- shoot sh- uh, shoot up a three pointer and it'll be off by 14 feet it won't even come close and um i love i, I love the way he plays i love the guy he is but i don't think he's going to reach that reach that potential and i think there's a chance that if um if if the raptors could swing a trade i think uh he goes back in a yonis trade so
0: mm. for sure it's a possibility and i think um I think the big thing for Pascal is people want him to be that number one. The guy's only in his fourth year in the, in the league. And prior to that, I mean, even in his first year, he got into what? Like, oh, he got into 38 games started. He's averaging four points. And then in year two, he averaged seven points. And then in year three, he averaged 16 points. This year, he averaged almost 23 Like, he's been getting better every year, and when it comes to playoffs, that's where he sort of fell off. And you look at the difference between last season, regular season to playoffs, and then this season, regular season to playoffs, you can see why he looked so bad in these playoffs. He was averaging 16 points last season during the regular season and then went up to 19 in the playoffs. That's a a big boost for playoff basketball, Mm. where a lot of teams play a lot better defense. He managed to score more points. Conversely, this year he was averaging 22.9 points in the regular season. He averaged 17 in the playoffs. He almost lost six points production per game. You see that and it's like, oh, well, that explains a lot. Because mm-hmm. you, you want your best players to get better when it comes to playoff time. It's almost like he took a step back. And it was very, very obvious in that game seven Um. That he just wasn't ready to be a number one. And that's, in my opinion, that's fine. Like, we're talking about a guy who, before playing in the NBA, like, played basketball for, what, like, three years or something? It's something ridiculous yeah. like that?
2: Yeah. yeah, he not much experience. He hasn't been playing
0: before. since he was mm-hmm. four, five, six, like some of these guys. he had been playing for, like, six years total. And he went from G League MVP, G League playoff MVP league champion to nba champion in a span of two years
2: mm-hmm.
0: and now the year after he becomes an nba champion everyone expects him to be a number one and an all like a superstar it's like no like be realistic here he's still developing um kyle you're right if there's a chance that they can swing Giannis uh from milwaukee and siakam goes the other way i think everyone in the toronto organization and everyone in tr- as a toronto fan takes that chance like it's not even yeah. a question.
2: That upside, that upside is completely different. I mean, Giannis is already a proven MVP winner. Um.
0: And the other thing is, they're the same age. Mm. So would you rather have Giannis at 26, doing Giannis things with Kyle Lowry and OG and Norm, or would you want to see Akum, who's still becoming a certified all-star, trying to figure out his game? With those guys Like obviously I think anyone Would take Giannis Like that's not even A question Mm -hmm.
1: I I think the biggest Thing is Is like Is Pascal Going to live up To his contract Right Yeah Right He signed a Max contract Right That that puts him up In the territory Of Durant LeBron That kind of stuff Of uh, Not No I'm saying Of worth the money Like is is Your money wise He's up in that Territory Yes Correct right so does anybody think he can reach that level mm. i i don't think he like yeah do I, do I think he's gonna be an anthony davis style power forward no chance Is like i i just don't see him reaching the potential that they think he's gonna be
2: mm.
1: is my biggest thing
2: Right, and I think, you know what, they paid him as if he's going to be that number one star, but he might just be a second or a third on a team that needs a number one. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, you know what, he hasn't been playing basketball for a while, and I and I completely agree with you on that part, but, you know, he he needs to make that jump, and he did in the regular season, but I think with him not being around in the playoffs, really changed a lot of people's outlook or mindset for him is like well okay we just signed him to a contract but he didn't show up when we needed him to show up like you want him to run the game obviously he's not Kawhi Leonard or he's not Kyle Lowry but you know being that one two on a team you expect a little bit more from him and I think that skepticism on him in that contract is always going to loom over until he does something but we also can't forget that he's an NBA champion so part of a champion, right? Like, that's just the same. Like, see if that continues. And if he struggles next year, then by all means, I think he'd be somebody to move or somebody to trade out of uh, Toronto, which is sad to say, but that's probably and the direction they could head.
1: I think what you said there is perfect, right? He's not hes not that top player that you want as a number one, but he's being paid like he is.
0: Yeah, yeah like right? he's second on the Raptors for salary, Kyle Lowry's. Salary is still higher for next season.
1: What's what's he making? Thirty-four.
0: Lowry is making thirty, and P- Pascal's
1: twenty-nine. I I have I have it right here. Pascal's like 30.5 uh, but um, interesting. So okay, we got- e- either e- either way, it doesn't matter. Lowry's done after next year, anyways. To be honest with the Raptors, um, not a chance. Oh, 100%. They're re-signing Fred VanVleet and letting Lowry walk away after next year.
0: Um, Once again, not a chance, but okay.
2: you are going to have I, a 36-year-old Lowry. I think that might be something. I'm not
0: saying he's there. the number one, but I'm, not, I'm saying they're signing him back anyway.
2: I, 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 I don't know
1: if they're going to give him the money he wants. That's the biggest thing.
0: I, I don't think it matters to him next year. Like after next year I'm saying I don't I don't know if he really cares. I think he just likes Toronto. I think he's found a home here and I think he will sign on with them just just to continue the the run.
2: Mm.
0: That that's what I'm saying. I, I, I yeah. agree that he's not gonna be the number one at that point. The number one has to be keyword has to be Fred Van Vliet. And if he's not, then the Raptors have screwed up. Mm. There you go. That's my thought. That's fine. Continue yeah. your thought now, Kyle, because I totally interrupted.
1: Um, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> right, just in, in my opinion, Pascal's not worth the money. That's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. Um, I love the guy to death. His personality is great and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think he could be honest 2.0 in the playoffs where he just doesn't show up and forgets to play basketball.
0: Yep. I mean, in Giannis's defense, he didn't not show up. His team forgot to show up. That's a totally different issue.
1: No, no, but, but like last, but, but like last year, Giannis. Yes, last year down, fine, right? Couldn't, couldn't.
2: Had trouble performing <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I, I think. You know. You know, modern b- basketball nowadays is you need a one-two-three or you need a one-two punch in order to be successful. A legit one-two punch, though. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, you look at the Bucks and Chris Middleton can't be your number two. Sorry, like the Chris guy's Middleton's to,
0: a three at most.
2: Three or four, right? Like he's not your top. He's not up here, and that's the problem. And I think <laughs> he's not up here. Add... He's
0: down here. He's not up
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think they're missing a piece over in Milwaukee. They need to bring in somebody who has that pedigree. And same thing in Toronto. It's like we're missing that that top tier player. And Siakam may or may not get there. So yeah. how do you how do you navigate through that? And I, that's what I'm saying, Desai, we trust you. Let's go. Let's get him a contract because I think this will get solved once that gets uh gets done by MLSC. Yeah.
0: By the way, just because you said Giannis disappeared in the playoffs last year, he really didn't. His team was god-awful because he averaged 25.5, two blocks, 12.3 rebounds, five assists, steal. Like He really didn't disappear in the playoffs in his defense. Like His team just was god-awful in that last round against the Raptors last year.
2: I mean, this playoffs, I think he sort of had disappeared. He wasn't he averaged more
0: points, more assists, more assists, more rebounds. His playoffs? <laughs> yep, 26.7, oh, 13.8, uh, and 5.7 assists. Never mind. It's just his defensive matchups <laughs> looked yeah. old. all
2: All all playoffs, I don't think that's what it was. But. Absolutely. Still, he's a number
0: two. Uh, speaking of Giannis, Giannis won the MVP this year, boys. And there is some debate that that shouldn't have been. Only, I think, 16 people. Is it 16 or 18? Yeah,
2: 16 or 17 there,
0: yeah. Voted for LeBron, and then everyone else voted for Giannis. Kyle, you were against this, I believe, so what are your thoughts?
1: I was against him winning? No, I was for him winning.
0: Oh, I thought you were against him winning. Never mind. Well, still, no. what are your thoughts?
1: Um, No, I mean, I think it comes down to exactly what you said. Right, the Milwaukee Bucks team, other than Giannis, is terrible. Uh... A Lakers team without LeBron still would probably be in the playoffs. Um I think I think Anthony Davis is that one. I think they have a one A, one B. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the biggest thing that's just drawing back from uh LeBron, right? Um very similar to what we were saying about you know, McDavid and Dry in Edmonton, right? You have a one A, one B. Does it draw away from what you did in that season? Yeah, it kind of does. Because Anthony Davis is a superstar has always been a superstar and will continue to be a superstar, whether LeBron's there or not. And um, I think uh, it's very similar to you know if if Giannis were to come to Toronto, would he get the MVP votes? I don't think he would um, because I think I think his team around him would be better. Unless um, unless he, unless he took right another
0: now. step, right? Like if if Giannis sure, took his sure. point totals and added three more points and added an extra two rebounds, like. If he mm-hmm. took another step with Toronto, he still gets the MVP votes. But I think you're right. If he stays where he is,
1: I, and I, th- I think that's that's the disparity. I think in the whole voting for MVP is it's not necessarily who the best player is. Right. It's who's the best player in the situation they are in. Right. And, Which makes sense. And that's what
0: I, most valuable means.
1: And, and I, th- I think that's where you know LeBron hates on it and stuff like that. But. Um, and LeBron is one of the greatest ever to do it, but it's because he has that second superstar now that really holds him back. I think.
0: Uh, yeah, and I mean, you could also talk about the same thing when uh, Kobe was with Shaq, right? Like, when you have a one A, one B, who's really, who's really the most valuable? It's it's hard to say. Yeah. Like, you have those superstar teams. The only mm-hmm. th- like Jordan had superstar players with Pippen and Rodman, but. There was a clear cut. Jordan was that defense. much better than everyone mm-hmm. in the league. Right? Yeah. And LeBron I think is a clear cut number 1 player in the league, but when you have someone as good as Anthony Davis, like I don't think Jordan ever had a Davis. Like Pippen and Rodman no, were like, very they, good, yeah. but no one was ever as good as Davis.
1: The closest would be Pippen, but even then Pippen was more known for his defense exactly. rather than
0: So was like, Rodman. His
1: superstar fandom. Well, yeah, yeah but but Anthony Davis has Rodman's defense with Jordan's scoring is essentially what Anthony yeah. Davis is type of exactly. player.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like It's sort of hard to give LeBron all the credit this year because it, like, he had Davis to back him up. If he was having a bad game, Davis was there.
2: If he mm-hmm. wasn't,
0: well, then the team was losing probably, let's be honest, because <laughs> the rest of that cast is questionable at best. Yeah. But when you have those two, you're going to win a lot of games, and they did. Uh, Irfan, what are your thoughts? I know I, I sort of jumped in after Kyle.
2: No, that's fine. Uh, I actually thought LeBron deserved the MVP, and I'll tell you why. I think the West is a lot tougher and difficult to get out of. I think there's six or seven very good teams in the West, whereas the East there's four, maybe five. Um, and so, uh, yeah, four or five maybe. But uh, comparatively, if you look at like the superstars in the West versus the East, it's a bit of a, a, a difference in my opinion. And I thought, you know, the Lakers playing in the West, playing these really good teams day and day out. And I, and I understand that whole one, a one B sort of situation. But I think if you start comparing everyone past, uh, AD, um, and then the, the role players and the bench players, I think Milwaukee and, and the Lakers have very similar esque players. Oh, similar. Right? Yes. The Lake- I thought yeah, you were yeah, like, going to say the, the box Lakers- had a better
0: team. I'm like, no, no,
2: no, 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 no. <laughs> like, like the if you compare the bench versus both teams, you're both not very good, right? Like you have an aging Dwight Howard coming off of your bench in one end. Right? Who I will give so,
0: credit, he's been actually half decent this year for the Lakers. Yes,
2: but like, but if you compare that bench and you com- um, compare the bottom role players, it's very similar. So the only difference is the fact that there's a one one B one A sort of situation in 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 the Lakers, and they also play in, a, in my opinion a tougher conference because it's always been a, a a more difficult conference. So. That's why I was leaning more towards LeBron, but I think when you when you start talking about how uh, Giannis has carried that Bucks team for the last three four years, it, it ends up being that, and and that's why you know it, it's fine that he wins. I don't think it's a huge issue, but I think if you're gonna compare it like that, then I, I was more leaning towards LeBron. I think it's a little a little again. I'm saying disrespectful again, but disrespectful that he only got sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen votes out of a hundred something. So. Um, for a king, I don't think that's great for him. But congrats to, to Giannis. I don't think you can even argue on that point there.
0: Yeah. And, and I think the one thing you can kind of tip your hat to is that all but one first and second place vote went to Giannis or LeBron. There was one third pla- one second place vote that went to Harden. Which is, like, Harden had a good year, don't get me wrong. But I think these two were just that much further ahead. Yeah. I just couldn't believe that one... One person voted Harden ahead of LeBron.
2: I mean, if Harden had more touches of the ball, the the Rockets would be further than they are.
0: But I'm just saying, like, one person in the regular season yeah. decided that Harden was better than LeBron. I'm like,
2: no. Probably a LeBron hater, let's be real. Probably the Houston writer.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm totally guessing. Please don't quote me on that. That was a joke, people. Um. Yeah.
1: No it's written down. it's already Shut posted up, across guys. multiple sites right now. it's it's
0: done. Thank you for your help, my friend. and yeah, no the Um yeah, I guess that that'll do it for uh, today's show, but we're gonna get everyone's final thoughts. So let's start with you, Erfan. What are your final thoughts, my man? Sure, can I give two? I mean if you must.
2: Okay. Well, the first is Jamal Murray. Congratulations to the Nuggets for getting into the third round there. You are fantastic, my boy. Keep representing Canada the way you do. Um, fantastic basketball player. And the second thing, uh, Carlos Puyo passes Willie Mays on fifth in the home run list. At, I think it's 6'62 six, six, now. So, congratulations. Who did, Who? Who did it? Car- Carlos Puyo. Who? You mean Albert Pujols? Oh, my God. Am I saying this wrong? Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. Albert? Sorry, guys. Can you? <laughs> I just mixed up. I just mixed up a soccer player because I was looking at Barcelona stats. <laughs> <That's> and, <laughs> when you said that, when you
1: said that, I'm like, is that a nickname that I don't know about? Or no,
2: that's Albert a that's Carlos a soccer Pujols. player. Uh, <laughs> God, okay, so sorry to the listeners. I I had a brain fart there, which is okay. I made the boys laugh. Albert Pujols passes <laughs> Willie Mays fifth. Uh, oh, fifth in the in the home run list, I'm so sorry for a fantastic feat of his, but good Sorry, I'm reading, reading like three different stats right now, and I was reading Barcelona, and I. Um, all right, I'm done. I'm done.
0: Kyle, how do you follow that?
1: Uh, I don't know if I can, to be honest. Um, my my final thoughts are um, the the Big Ten returning to uh, returning to play. I think is. Uh, probably a terrible decision um, as much as I like it for college football coming back I don't know if it's the right move with everything that's going on um, and I think it's they are they were they saw how the, the football coming back uh, in the other conferences seemed to work not very many positive tests or whatever and I think they just rushed the decision to um, try and get money back is basically what it came back to uh, they're trying to get as much money as they can by bringing it back so soon um, and I'm not sure that's the right decision. Obviously, I don't have any control over that or I don't have any word in that, but um, I think it was the wrong decision. So that's my final thought.
0: I agree. um, I think any honestly any college football being back is sort of a question mark for me personally. Um, like every every university and college except for colleges in Quebec. Um, in Canada have already cancelled all the fall even the Manitoba college conference who was supposed to put on a soccer season has had to delay the start of the soccer season and possibly will have to cancel it depending on how things go over the next two weeks like this isn't this is the start of wave two people like accept it and having Teams of fifty or more travel across the country in the states to play football. Make no sense. Makes no sense in my head. But regardless, um, my final thought is we have our CPL final going on today, September nineteenth, uh, on CBC at two o'clock. It's Forge versus HFX Wanderers. Make sure you tune in. It'll be great. Winner will play TFC in the Canadian Championship final for a spot in the CONCACAF. Champions League be massive if one of the CPL teams could win. I think that would be fantastic, a fantastic opportunity for them. Um, other thing that it would be is that the final will be in either November or December once TFC has done their season in the MLS where they're moving down to the States for the next few games, next few games, next like two months, I should say. Um, yeah, that's my final thought. I'm excited for that game. It'll be a really good one. Yeah, so that'll do it for today's show, boys. Um, once again, thank you for joining me, the two of you. If you would like to follow Erfan, it'll be at Erfan on Twitter. If you want to follow Kyle, it's at Kyle Vardy. If you want to follow me, at Nick McVicker. Uh, follow the show at Garage Door Sport. Yes, no S on Twitter. If you're looking for us on Instagram, at Garage Door Sports. Yes, there is an S. Damn, Twitter has a number of letters you're allowed to use for a handle, and we were one too long. Make sure you check out our website, garagedoorsports.com, where we give all our updates, all our articles. Also, you can check out all of our shows, including Irfan's new show, Touchline Thoughts. If you want to follow that, it's TouchlineTH.
2: I'll get the names right on that one. (laughs)
0: Well, he was already talking (laughs) soccer. He was already thinking ahead to that show. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's TouchlineTH on Twitter if you want to follow that show If you want to follow our hockey show, 20 minutes on ice, uh, make sure you follow us. Make sure you check us out and we will see you next time.